Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Life of the Bridal podcast. I'm your host, Will Taylor. Joining me today are our two resident guests, Mr. Josh Bursey. Hello there. Hello there. And uh, Mr. Jack Holden, hello again. Hello, how are you? Very, very good. On the show today, we're going to be discussing uh, handicaps and providing a nice little jargon buster for you. Jack will be going through his list of his favourite Cheltenham Festival handicaps and we'll be taking him to task. And then we'll be having our thought of the week, which will be regarding a certain online bookmaker. You'll just hold and wait and see there. Um, but gents, let's crack on with the show. Um, can we have a little look back at what we what we got on to what we got on with at the weekend? Yeah, yeah, I had a um, it was a very interesting uh, weekend's racing. Um, Mark, one of the horses that I've been following for a while, finally won at a decent price, twelve to one. The name was Zambezi Fix, and hopefully he can go and win again soon, as I really won't be stopping back at him now. Um, we've also had a really, really exciting handicap chase at Kempton. And I know I tipped up Remastered for it last week, but he didn't end up running in the race. And I did end up having the first and second home, including in a forecast. So I was very happy of that. Now, a few of you might be wondering what a forecast is. And a forecast is a certain type of bet where you bet the first two home in the race in the order that they finish. So I was very happy of that. How about you, Jack? Um, I didn't really fancy much this weekend. Um, I was more of a more of a spectator than uh, a gambler this weekend. I enjoyed Kitty's light performance in the in the Ida at Newcastle. Nice win for Christian Williams there. Really sensibly campaigned horse. Um, and turns out it was quite a bit of a gamble to go off. At, I think Bookies had it at seven to four, which is for a, for. A, Mammoth four mile handicap. That's a crazy price, really. Um, and I'd say, you know, with uh, Jack Cheater on board, it didn't look likely after about two miles, but it turned into a really composed, confident ride and got the job done reasonably well. So it was nice. That was a nice watch, but nothing really else for me. Yeah, I personally would just add that I didn't really think it was Jack Cheater's fault that I actually thought he gave Kitty's like a fantastic ride to win that. All I can say is that uh, I was disappointed that uh, I got another second with that's all right, Gino, having uh, come second again at, uh, on trials day. So that basically ended uh, my week's punting. Right, let's get into it. Handicaps. Uh, what are they? Why do certain people like them and certain people <laughs> not so keen on them? I think we'll have a split in our two guests today. Uh, Josh, let's get into it. What's a handicap? Well, a handicap is different to your normal type of horse race. And it's a type of race where horses carry different weights depending on their overall rating. Now, this rating is determined by someone called the handicapper. And the handicapper will look at how a horse has run over three runs and he will give them a rating normally ranging uh, for a starting rating for a good horse, kind of in between 120, 130. And as the horse wins races or loses races, the handicap rating goes up and down. And 
in most handicaps, there's something called a top weight. And this is the weight that the highest handicapped horse carries. And that gen- generally in a jumps race tends to be 11 stone 12. And it works its way down. So if you're one point on the handicap below the top rated horse, you'll carry one pound less. If you are five pounds below the top rated horse, you will carry five pounds less and so on. And that weight can be changed by a couple of things. If you have a claimer on board your horse, then that jockey is someone who is a little bit inexperienced and hasn't ridden as many races as other riders. So they might get an allowance of £3 ranging all the way up to £10 taken off their weight to help them do well in that race. And it brings in race tactics there because some people might say, okay, we don't think we can win off this handicap rating because we're going to be carrying too much weight. So let's put a claimer on board to take some weight off. But it's a really, really interesting type of weight. And as we touched on last week, it's my favourite kind of race to try and solve. So, Jack, um, you have always been in favour of, um, say, a graded uh, race rather than a uh, handicap. Indeed. Uh, um, Can you uh, give us a quick explanation as to why? So, Josh would be a huge fan of the handicaps. Can you give perhaps why you wouldn't be so keen on them as opposed to other types? I think the biggest reason is perhaps it doesn't favour the punter at all. There's a lot of horses in a really competitive handicap race. You look at one of the big handicap races at the festival. Really, if it's going to be a competitive race, you're not going to have a horse going off shorter than five to one, four to one at a real push. And although that's a, that's a really nice price, the only people who are going to be winning in that race are the bookmakers. Because if your favourite's going off four to one, five to one, you are going to have people who find the winner, but you're going to have punters who are having bets on uh, large price horses, which realistically a lot of them aren't going to come near. But you do get the odd horse which wins at thirty three to one. You look at Belfast Panther or or Jeff Kidder who oh, yeah. does the first. Oh yeah. Race. Jeff Kidder went off eighty to one, which is a ridiculous price, and you look at what the um, person who placed the bet on that, what we'd say, what we call a punter, he's if they've had a um, a bet on that at eighty to one, not many people are going to be doing that compared to the, to the betters or we call punters who've got who've got involved on a four to one, five to one favourite. So I don't see much win winning for the punter and. Ergo, I don't really enjoy it. In theory, I think the the, the system is right. You should you should, Everyone wants to watch a 20, 20 runners going over the last fence or the hurdle in with a chance of winning. That's a fantastic race. But in re- really, horses can be campaigned so that they get favourable marks for a big race and almost cheat the system. I don't really like that. I was going to say, Josh... How would you respond to somebody who say, well, the whole point of handicap racing is that it just rewards, well, not failure, but it certainly doesn't reward winning. Well, I do agree with that in a sense, but I think it's a little bit harsh to say, you know, we're rewarding you for not winning. We're trying to give every horse the opportunity of winning a big race, having their day in the sun. And by having this handicap system, it allows you to kind of go, okay. 
this horse's top mark it's ever had is 150, but the biggest winning mark it's ever had is actually something like 144. So if it's running in races off 150, you know you're probably not going to have much of a chance. So someone like me would kind of see that and go, okay, I'll put that horse in my tracker and I will wait until its racing comes down to a rating it's one off to back it again. And by that point, lots of people have forgotten about the form because it's run a poor race. And that gives me an angle which makes me a little bit more money than I would do betting in regular races. Well, fair enough. I mean, I suppose you've got, there are 28, let's, now we'll just take a step back and look at Shelton, because that's what's going up, and we'll be looking at that in Jack's list. You have 28 races, and only nine of them are handicapped, so there's still, you know, oh, well, we that's a, are. That's a very good thing. <laughs> too many, in my opinion, too many. Well, they did <laughs> used to have 10, didn't they, but they got rid of one. Yeah. A mayor's chase. I'm all for that. <laughs> Devastated. Um, uh, let's, should we just have a quick little run through of the, uh, handicaps at Cheltenham? So, we've got nine of them. We start off with, uh, the Ultima, three mile, three mile half furlong chase. Then we've got the Boodles, Juvenile Hurdle, just over two miles. Coral Cup, two mile five. A Hurdle, Grand Annual Chase, of course, uh, named after Johnny, uh, Henderson, Nicky's father. Um, that's two mile chase. And the Potent, the Potent's final, three mile hurdle. The Plate, two-mile, four-and-a-half furlong chase. Kim Muir, three-mile, two furlong chase. For amateur jockeys, that. And then we've got the County Hurdle, two-mile, uh, one furlong. And then we've got the Martin Pipe, two-and-a-half miles, uh, conditional jockeys. Um, they're the nine handicaps. Uh, so, Josh, uh, could you uh, just go into this a little bit further, elaborate for uh, our listeners? Yeah, so there are five handicaps over hurdles and four over fences. For those of you who are new to the sport, a hurdle is the lower jump and a fence is the higher jump. Now, one of those hurdle races is for something called a juvenile. And a juvenile is a hurdler who is only four years old. So, again, for those less experienced horses. Now, the two races that Will mentioned, one of which was for amateurs, which is the Kim Muir, and one of which is for conditionals, which is the Martin Pipe. Those races have a top weight limit on the horses that can run in it. And that rating is 145. So if you're rated anywhere from zero to 145, you can run in those races. So a lot of people, like we were saying before, would campaign their horses so they can run in the slightly easier 0 to 145 race and perhaps have a better winning chance than if they were perhaps rated 146 and running in one of the more difficult, similar races on the cart. So it's a really, really interesting setup of races, and lots of trainers will target specific horses. They'll put those horses at the start of the season and say, I think this will be a really good horse for this race, and they'll aim them towards that race. And what I would say is that horses coming over from Ireland who are trained in Ireland, are often reassessed based on their handicap performances in Ireland. And the British handicapper will give them a new mark based on what he thinks they are rated at. So the typical horse coming over from Ireland can tend to go up by about five or six in the handicap ratings. Well, there we go. Handicaps. Listeners, you have been informed. Um, <laughs> right. 
Let's get into it. Jack, your list. You're the top. You're the, your five favourite handicaps at the Cheltenham Festival. We're excited. I'm on the edge of my seat now. Let's go. I'm not. Um, right, here we go. Very excited for the first time. Uh, cue the music. And we will get going. So number five, uh, purely from a personal punting perspective, I've gone with the plate handicap chase. I had the winner three years in a row with Sir Delac for under a great Lizzie Kelly ride. Simply the bets and Gavin Sheehan got me out of my seat, I have to say, in 2020. One of my big anti-post bets, that. And in 2021, the shunts have got it down under Jordan Gainford, running off 10 stone five, which was, uh, people say, the uh, the gamble of the festival. Lots and lots of money for that. Fourth, I'm going to go for the Ultima. As we mentioned earlier, it's a three mile plus uh, staying uh, chase. And I'm putting that at number four purely for Wichita Lyman's performance in 2009. One of the great pieces of jockeyship you'll see. Uh, AP McCoy was working really hard, you know, going for what the first lap round and did not give up on it and produced super, oh, can't even describe it. Just an imperious piece of jockey shit to get Wichita Lyman up. So in at number three, I'm going to go for the Potemps Network final. Bit of a complicated one, this. The qualifying system for the race happens in the five months leading up to the race. It used to be if you finish in the top six in a qualifier you would qualify for the finals at Cheltenham. However they change this to the four, the first four in any of those qualifiers, which I really enjoy. I think it's a really good way to reward winning, reward competitive racing. Uh sustained hurdle division and had some big-name winners in the past, talking about Delta Work, Cider Burley, presenting Percy, and arguably one of the great uh, back-to-back winning performances by Cider Burley when he went off at 11-9 first time, which wasn't which horses had won off that before, but then went off at a joint highest winning mark of 11 stone 12 to win it the second year. Brilliant rides from Barry Garrity that year. In at number two, we're going for the county hurdle. Some anti-post betters thought this would be the be top of the list. It's not. So, a prestigious list of former winners, including Rooster Booster, the great Wicklow Brave, Sam Waugh, and State Man, and no horse has actually won this twice since 1946. So it's a really competitive race, and that's what that's what we like to see in horse racing. Now I'm going to give a lot of time to my number one choice here. Any any thoughts? Any thoughts of what I'm going to go with? Well, I mean, <laughs> there are only five it can be. And I, I mean, know, in my opinion, it's going to be one of the two-mile, four-furlong handicap hurdles. And just very quickly, for those of you who are new to the sports, a furlong is 220 yards, and there are eight furlongs in a mile. Any thoughts, Will? Anti-post punters like you thought that the county hurdle would be number one. An anti-post yes. bet, by the way, is a, is, a, is a bet which takes place, which you put on a considerable while before a race, usually at least three days before. Yes, I, I, I did think the county would be one. I'm going to go with the Martin Pipe. I've, I've got a lot of time for that race. I, I hope you do too. 
Absolutely not. No history. <laughs> <laughs> so, number one, I am going for the Grand Annual. I'm looking at this from a historical point of view. The Grand Annual is the oldest chase in the current National Hunt calendar. Being, after being first run in 1834, it was discontinued for a while by Crystal Palace Football Club, the oldest football club in the world. And it's the first ever horse racing bet I put on was in 2018. when, And it was a winner, Le Prezien won for a trainer, Paul Nichols, in 2018. Sky Pirate, another winner of mine. And what I also like about this race, last 20 years, horses from age 5 to 12 have won it at various weights. So there's no necessary, necessarily, there's not necessarily a trend going on here. Anything can get up and win this race. And I think from a historical point of view, the oldest chase, current national hunt calendar, that's what we've gone for. Wow. wow. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I will, I would like just to put out an apology to all the listeners for me going for the Martin Pipe. I was semi swayed because Josh thought it'd be a two, what, two, two and a half mile. Um, and that was just, that was just, that was just what happened to me in the last couple of years, getting, getting the better of me. I think, um, I just like to. A statement may be released on the social media account. Can, um, can, can I just say, I am absolutely delighted that you haven't got the boodles in your top five. <laughs> yes. I, 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 the races for four-year-olds are not ones that have treated me kindly and wouldn't be something I'd be particularly interested in from a betting perspective, personally. I, ha- I have to say, for even getting four and five in that list was a push. Uh, the top three I can get behind. The others, I it was a struggle. Wait till wait till my list of graded and listed races comes out. That, that, that that's harsh. I mean, I, I I thought for a second then that before you said the Grand Annual, you were going to have your top three races as hurdle races. Then no, because um, I, I I I was convinced you were going to put the Martin Pipe in at number one. No, um, it's a fantastic race. A race that's treated me quite well over the years. The Martin yeah. Pipe, and you often have a very very good horse come out of it. I remember at my uh, my first Martin Pipe I saw in the flesh, I had a lovely 33-1 to winner in Indefatigable getting up on the line. I did this last, last week, actually. She's been retired. So, hats off to her. Also, Galapan de Chong has come out of that race. Um, and Banbridge. Indeed. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Uh, I remember that uh, Martin, that renewal in twenty twenty, Josh, very very well. I don't. I don't think it's something that's ever going to escape my mind. Uh, but we had a we had a winner last year, so all well, all is well. Um, okay, right. Let's um, let's take you to task, uh, Josh. Um, thoughts on the plate being fifth? I like the plates, but it's a bit of a strange race, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's it's run on the new course, which is a little bit more of a galloping course. Horses can get into a rhythm over it. It's never been a race that I've watched and I've just gone, this is this is amazing. There are some handicap races, such as the Coral Cup, where I just sit in front of the race, I watch it, and I go, wow, wow. It's all unfolding in front of me. But the, the plate's never been one of those races for me. Interesting. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it. I mean, uh, with Martin Pipe, Nicky Henderson, four-time, both four-times winner in the race. I mean, 
the Shunter. That was a that was a good moment in my early betting career. Well, I say early. Um, yeah, it's a it's a race that I'm not that excited about, but I can understand why I put it fifth. I'm not I'm not going to be not going to be throwing anything at you for that. It's, it's, I think it's just what it's it's just it's a, it's a, a token selection, isn't it? It's a token it, selection. Yeah. It's a race that happens at Cheltenham. I've had some I've had some winners in there, so there you go. Um, the Ultima uh, in four. Uh, you know, it's a three three miler. <laughs> By, uh, by, by contrast, the Ultima is a race that I absolutely love. And it's a race where British trained horses have a much better record in than the Irish trained horses. And yes, at yes. the Cheltenham Festival, we have something called the Pressbury Cup. And throughout the week, we com- the British and Irish trainers compete to see who can get the most winners between them. And in recent years, I'm afraid to say it's been a little bit of a drubbing for the British trainers. We we went down pretty badly in 2021, but we pulled it back a little bit last year before losing all of the races on the final day and getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I remember after the first few races, Britain were up and I was like thinking... Way well, hey, we're leading, and uh, then it, it, it fades away. Um, yeah, Corrick Rambler won last year. Um, Lucinda Russell. Um, and then yep. we had uh, we have vintage clouds, of course, and the that we should now be described in the colours of the executives of the late Trevor Trevor Hemmings. Um, Tom Scudamore winning with three wins in this race. Um, Retired also recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. All very current. Retired just before Cheltenham. I, I, a lot of people have talked about concussions and stuff like that, so I, I suspect that might be the, um, the reason for him for that. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've not, I've not really got a lot more to say. It's a, it's a race. Oh, I suppose the last ten winners of this race have all been to Cheltenham prior and have placed him and have placed. So, um, if you're looking for an angle in your anti, there you go. Look, look for the Cheltenham form. That's all I can say. That's all I've really got to say on the Ultima. It's, it's a race that it's okay. Um, not selling it very well, but it's everything's good. Everything's great. It's just on the scale of greatness, it's not at the top. There we go. Um, what do you think of the attempts at, at three? I like the new qualifying system. I prefer I top agree. four. To it's, top improved six, the credi- I, I, it's improved the credibility of the race. Mm. Josh, I sense that you're not so keen. It, it's not a race I've had especially good success in over the years. And it's not one I particularly enjoyed either, I have to say. I think the qualifying system has made it a little bit of a strange one for me because you get horses. It always used to say when it used to be six, uh, six runners from each qualifier qualify for the main event. It always used to be who can put a ride on their horse just so they sneak into sixth place, qualify, don't go up the handicap too much, and then can run well off a lower weight in the race. So it's been a very difficult one to work out. And I think Gordon Elliott worked it very well with Sire du Burley. And actually, Gordon Elliott's got a fantastic record in the Potemps. But what I would say is that it's a race which suits relatively inexperienced horses more. Nine of the last ten winners before last year had run ten times or less over hurdles. 
So it is one to kind of look out for new horses coming onto the scene. There you go. Uh, most successful horse in the race, Willie Wumpkins, back in 1979 to uh, 1981. <laughs> All ridden um, by the uh, by uh, Jim Wilson. So uh, there you go. Um uh, the county hurdle in second. The and the anti post favourite. Not 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 top. Um, Josh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it wasn't even a, a heads up heads down finish. It was a there were a couple of lengths in it. Wow! Couple, wow! I think you know a couple of lengths is better than is better than not being even in the picture. Um, <laughs> I like the county hurdle. I really like the county. Oh, it's, it's, uh, exciting, it's, an, it's an exciting race for that Friday. I often feel yeah. that the Gold Cup takes over on the Friday. And rightly so. It is the biggest race in the National Hunt calendar. But I think everything gets left a bit to the wayside. I like the Triumph Hurdle. I feel that gets overshadowed a bit. Yeah. I also like the Fox Hunters, funny enough. I think that's quite an enjoyable race. But that comes right after the right after the Gold Cup. Yeah, so that gets that little bit. You're always going to get hidden away there. I, I too really like the Triumph. I mean, I've had, <laughs> had some difficult um, difficult results in it. But uh, I, too, I too think it's a good race. I think the county is uh, really enjoyable. I mean, you you know, had some, you know, look at State Man winning, winning it uh, last year. Josh? Yeah, just on that point, actually. State Man won it last year. And a lot of people felt that he was a, a graded horse running in a handicap. And we've seen that season that that is the case. Stateman has been the best two-mile hurdler in Ireland and will be coming across to Cheltenham for the champion hurdle to face off against our very own Constitution Hill. But yeah, what's he, interesting... Just quickly, he went off 11-4 to 4 for that race, which for a, for a big, for one of the, the premier handicaps of the week... That's very tells sure. Story, tells a story. Yeah, absolutely. But what I would say is based on, well, I'm not quite sure if it's based on that, but I feel like this race definitely had a say in this decision. They've changed the system for novice horses. So that's horses who are in their first season over an obstacle or horses who have never won over that certain type of obstacle. Novices now have to run four times to get a qualifying mark for that race rather than the three they used to have to run so by doing that it allows the handicapper to have more evidence of which to base their mark off and say this is what weight you should carry in that race and hopefully in the future um that will stop horses like state man who probably should have been running in one of the graded races from dropping back into handicap company i will i will also add um Willie Mullins, since 2010, has won this race six times. I mean, nothing sums up um, Irish domination uh, than uh, than that. Um, and then the Grand Annual, number one. I could, having, having said that the Martin Pipe was going to be number one, that was just me getting excited, me <laughs> getting over-eager. Looking back on it, I think the Grand Annual, considering the history and everything it represents, I think that is uh, an, an apt choice, is what, I will, is, is what I will say. Josh? Yeah, it's it, it's 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 a nice race, and I, I I like the history angle to it. It's definitely a race which I enjoy watching, and it is a race that used to be run on the Friday, but they've now moved it to running on the Wednesday 
So it it's a nice race to watch and it's one I thoroughly enjoy. And it can often be one, tends to be won by a horse racing towards the front of the field, as interestingly does the other handicap on the Wednesday, the Coral Cup. So it's definitely a race to have a look into, have a look at which horses tend to go from the front and have a little look and see whether they're going to have a chance. Is that horses like Watchhouse Cross? Uh, no comments, no comments. <laughs> <laughs> for, those, for those of you that don't know, I have a very small share in a horse that is due to run in one of those races this season. <laughs> well, um, OK. We've scrutinised your list. So this is where now uh, Josh and I will have to put the money... W- our money where our mouth is, I mean, figuratively, not literally. Um, Josh, what would you change about the list? I would take the plate out of the reckoning. And I would also take the potence out. Ooh. Not not a race that's been overly kind to me. And it's not one that I'm kind of going, yes, I really want to watch the potence. And I would add in... My favourite race is those two mile four furlong handicap hurdles. I would add in the Martin Pipe and I would add in the uh, the Coral Cup. Interesting. And as number one? I would probably put the county at number one. Oh, anti post betters furious that Josh wasn't <laughs> given the list. <laughs> um, the county probably followed by the Coral Cup, then the Grand Annual, I would say. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, in terms of my ones, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with with Josh there. I'm not so keen on the plates, I'm afraid. Uh, the Potemps is fine. I would probably add in the Martin Pipe. Not so, not so keen on the Coral Cup. I've not been particularly successful with that one. And in first, uh, in first I'd have the County Hurdle. Well, a mixture of views there. There you go, there you go. But lists, who doesn't love a list? Uh, I believe uh, I believe you said that last week, Jack, as well. And we have a new segment to the show. It's our thought of the week. So instead of handing over to Jack or Josh, which we will normally be doing, I'll be leaning on this one because this is something that's very close to my heart. I always stand up for the punters. I will. I try to take on the bookies. When I first started, I thought I was a bookmaker myself, but I was wrong. Always stand for the punters. And in this thought of the week, I'm going to be standing up against a certain online bookmaker. I'll name them just once, Sky Bet. Now, this particular bookmaker always had an offer. Uh, so that on the Shelter Festival, on the first race of every day, for four days, Tuesday to Friday, they would have a money back offer. So or whether it's the Supreme or the first race or on Tuesday, money back wherever your horse would come. And then sometimes it would be money back a second or third. And they, you know, they, they, they've evolved the offer over time. And it used to be the standard offer, certainly last year, was £10 money back. And so, before it's been 20 before it's even been 50 Now the new offer that's being touted for this festival is £2. £2 money back from Tuesday all the way to Friday. How on earth, how on earth they have the gall to stand up to, to regular punters, ordinary folk who are working hard and say you could have £2. I think it's an absolute outrage, and it just shows the, the, in my opinion, the decline of Sky. Perhaps, perhaps once the premier online bookmaker around, we now, I'm, I'm afraid to say, they have fallen down 
they've fallen down my market rankings, and uh, and and I I just I I would treat them with the disdain they deserve. Gents, are you with me on this? I think most punters in the country would be. Yeah, I'd, I'd say to an extent, yes, I am with you. But what I would say is that two pounds money bag isn't the same for everyone. Now, my account, I don't use that bookmaker much, but I am £2 money back. Different people I've seen have got £5 money back. Some people have got £20 money back, and some people have got £50 money back. And what it's actually based on is the turnover of the account, the amount of money Sky are making from that account dictates how much money they're willing to give you back. Now, last year, Jack and Will, you both had £10 money back, didn't you? Whereas I had £20 money back. Yes. So obviously I was using that bookmaker a little bit more back then. But it it does strike me as a little bit unfair to your regular punter who doesn't tend to have that much money on with that bookmaker, apart from at big sporting events like the Cheltenham Festival, like some certain other sporting events, like perhaps the Masters in golf or the World Cup in football, and they just get punished for it. And I, I don't particularly think it's fair. And especially as for most customers every weekend, Sky will have on one race on Saturday, one race on Sunday, they'll have money back perhaps second, third and fourth in a race, and it will be up to £10 for everyone. So I think it's a little bit unfair on your regular punters. Josh, I can't believe you've let accuracy and, rash- and rationality get ahead of just my anger and vitriol. But no, you're completely <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but I think it is also part of a wider point about how bookmakers, of course, there has been a, a massive transition away from book the betting shops in, onto online accounts. And we're seeing greater restrictions being placed on punters who you know may have even may even have a very average record then all of a sudden they have one particular decent win and then and then they're onto them trying to restrict their account not making sure they can't withdraw so it is part of a wider wider problem and maybe that means that we'll see more regular punters going to their going to the race course and going to the going into the betting ring which i suppose could be seen as a positive and that's about it, I'm afraid, listeners. Remember, we are on the, so- on the social media channels at Life on the Bridal, Instagram and Twitter. Keep your questions coming in. We'll get to you as soon as we can, With whether it's with sense or whether it's just with vigour. We'll be there. Um, next week, we'll be discussing uh, Jack's power rankings of his favourite uh, chases at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Josh will be going over some potential handicap tips when the weights have come out. And there'll be more general chit-chat in the world of horse racing. Uh, but that's it from us. Josh, it's goodbye from you. Bye. And Jack, goodbye from you. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. See you next time.